This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Otson Audible's podcast post game edition from Dune. Um, it's a dust storm in Lubbock. Oregon goes into Texas Tech's home field 38 30. Cover the spread by the thin of their teeth. Uh, crazy game. A lot to get to on this one, and it's it always feels like the season's arrived when we get a crazy finish. Like blowouts are fun, but it doesn't show you know that Oregon's playing good teams until they get into a close one. And this is Texas Tech was a lot better than expected. I'll be the first to admit I thought Oregon was going to blow them out uh, in the fourth quarter. I had them winning fifty-two to twenty-one or thirty-one, and that didn't happen. Obviously, Oregon wins thirty-eight to thirty. Um, Oregon had 472 yards. They didn't score though for almost all of the second quarter or touchdowns wise, at least, uh, they didn't score in the third quarter until the very end. Um, just, no, they didn't score in the third quarter at all. No touchdowns in the second or third quarter, nope. 20 points in the fourth quarter, pick six to end it basically by Jeffrey Bossa, which is going to be shades of Oregon at Washington state last year. And the Ducks Escape with a win. They're two and zero. I don't know if they're going to move up much in the rankings. I don't know who else lost around them if it matters. But Dan Lanning was like excited, happy about the win. But like one of the first things he said was like, "We've got a lot of work to do," and that was very clear in this performance. We talked coming in about thinking we'd learn something in this game. Yeah, and I think we learned quite a bit, and we learned that there's still a lot for this team to improve on. Um, the issues, I mean, think about what we talked about being our concerns or the things we were watching coming in. The secondary had some kind of rough sequences, but also had some big plays for some turnovers. The offensive line, which, frankly, that was a little bit worse than I thought it could be. Lots of procedural issues. Dan did say post-game that Texas Tech was using very similar cadences to Oregon's that kind of threw them off, and that took as a part of some of the issues. But it wasn't just the pre-snap stuff. There was a holding penalty that wiped out a touchdown. There were a couple other things that weren't great. I don't think they got great push overall. I mean, I, I predicted 250 yards on the ground. Um, I had 200. Didn't even hit that. 13. Is that what it was? 113. Yeah, I didn't even hit 200. Didn't get close. But I think the one thing I can say that we, I feel like we learned at least, was is just the resolve and the composure yes. of this team to to finish this one. Because Dan said it in the press in the post game press conference. A couple of players did too of just. Some teams wouldn't have been able to finish this, and, and the Ducks did. And that fi- that finish, you you mentioned it, definitely shades of Washington State, outscoring them twenty to three in the fourth quarter. Um, they scored, what is that, thirteen points in the last ten minutes, ten in the 10 last minutes, one ten in the last one ten. So definitely similarities there. A lot to work on, certainly question marks, but I think at the end of the day, <laughs> Oregon fans can breathe, breathe a sigh of relief because. Uh, 
it didn't always feel like this was going to be the outcome. Didn't no, feel like it was going to be no. like that until the final like minute. No, and I, there are a lot of things to work on, but I think this is a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talked all week that Texas Tech was 0-1, and they did not want to go 0-2, and they were going to come out, play with the hair on fire, and that's exactly what they did. And Oregon, at points, it's, it's certainly seemed like it was going to be bad news for them, but they weathered the storm. Um, they kind of slowed down in that fourth quarter and really got to Tyler Shuck. They played better pass defense. They covered guys better. Um, so I think there are, like, positives to take away from this game in terms of even just their defense. Like, I thought that their defense played pretty well. I know that they got beat at points and their secondary got, you know, had, had a couple guys lose in coverage. But I thought compared to last year's secondary and last year's overall athleticism of the team, I thought it was a huge marked improvement. And they finished with four sacks, five tackles for loss. Um, you know, Oregon's season high in sacks last year in a game was five against Washington State. So there's another the prediction fell short because they took the penalty instead they of Mateo. Took the penalty. Oh, right. Dan didn't want me to hit it. Um, five tackles for loss, three interceptions, two pass breakups, two more quarterback hits, and then two forced fumbles. Yeah. One of those fumbles was ginormous from Jamal Hill. Um, I think Eric might have pointed it out, but Jeffrey Bossa led the team in tackles with nine. Um, yeah. And he played spectacular. I want to see his PFF grade tomorrow because it should be better. It should be much better. I thought he played really well. I thought yeah. that he was more physical. I've seen that in the last two games, at least this year, with his added weight. Uh, obviously, the, the pick six to seal it is going to be the, potentially like a highlight of his career because it was such a large moment, and, and he came through and and uh, picked off Tyler Shuck thanks to Brandon Dorless's pressure. Uh, Dorless doesn't have a lot of stats on the day. He has a tackle. <laughs> it's not even a solo tackle. No, not even a solo tackle. But, man, was he good. Yes. Every time that they needed a big moment, uh, he stepped up. And I thought there were a lot of improvements from this Oregon defense. I know Texas Tech had moved the ball at points, but I liked what I saw. I liked the speed of the team. I liked the speed of the defense. I thought that there were there were a lot, a lot of plays that could have been much worse if this was, la- if this was last year's team. And this is a game that you walk out I, – I feel this way, that they walk out, they won. But it should never have been close. And when I say close, as in it shouldn't have been a one-score game. They shot themselves so many times in the foot. They don't have a foot anymore. Um, three or four first downs were awarded on defense to Texas Tech because of penalties. They had three or four first down procedural penalties uh, by Oregon's own offense. Um they had multiple drops on plays that should have been first downs that resulted in Oregon having to then punt. Um, Bo Nix almost threw away a, a score. They had they they had an opportunity where in the third quarter they got a stop. They got all you know they, they drove all the way down the football field and like the, the bread and butter of this offense has been the last two years under Dan Lanning like physicality they can get a yard and they had three straight plays and they didn't get a single yard and turned it over like those are three more points that they could have taken um i felt like there was another situation where they maybe gave up some points so like and i'm sure if you look at it and if you listen to joey mcguire tech's head coach they'll probably he'll probably point out some things like we could have would have should have done these things and then and it wouldn't have happened it looked like an interception down here that set up the field goal that would have kind of you know put oregon back in control but at the same time like i felt like oregon just had so many just self-inflicted mistakes in this game that it it never should have gotten here 
and the beauty of it is Dan said that like post game that you can win games and you can learn a lot of things about your mistakes and move forward. And he can go into that locker room. And I feel like this team really buys into the message that not only just Dan says, but the whole coaching staff that, Hey, like this was not good enough. Mm-hmm. And you, you played well enough to win, but it's not good enough to the standard. That's basically what he said. And, you know, he challenged, he, he said he's going to challenge the team. Like these are the three things I need to get better at. As Dan said it, what are you going to get better at? And I'll be curious to see kind of just the resolve, the, the Christmas, the efficiency that this team shows next week at home against Hawaii. Um, but nonetheless, still got to give credit to Texas Tech. Like yep. this place was tough to play in. It was hot. And like you said, Jared, they, this is the first time since 1990 they're 0-2. They did not want that to happen. No. And they threw everything yep. at Oregon. And we got probably one of the best performances we've seen from Tyler Shuck. I know he threw some interceptions. He had some turnovers. But the dude ran for 100 yards. I don't know if any of us expected that to happen. No. Uh, and then he, he threw for a couple touchdowns, and he, I think he was close to 300 yards passing too. 282 yards passing, three touchdowns, three picks. Two will happen in the final minute, though. Yes. So, were, yeah. And the, the, last the last one, one is one. just you don't even consider that one. Like I would. Don't, I mean, obviously it happened. It's going to be yeah. in the stat sheet, but he's there's eight seconds left. The only thing you can do is throw it to the end zone. Those are the, those plays happen all the time, where they result in turnovers. Um, Let's talk some positives, and then we can get more into the negative yeah. stuff. Do you want to do that, or what do we want with the order of operations? Because, I mean, there's so Let's much do, in this uh, game. I feel more like negative than okay. positive. Okay. Let's go negative first, and then positive to finish? Sure. To finish strong? The game. Okay. Um, I was just looking through the penalty stuff, and just to kind of put a pin on that. Yeah, it feels like forever ago that was the problem. <laughs> 14 penalties in this game by Oregon. Yeah, that'll do it. Seven were offensive pre-snap penalties. Three false starts, an illegal substitution, and two illegal for, uh, formations, and then a delay of game right before Camden Lewis's go-ahead kick with the minute 10 left. Do we think that was by design? No, no. it was not. No. Camden okay. said it was not. Okay. Um, I mean, it cost, it cost him five yards. Um, didn't matter. It didn't end up mattering. But, but these are the kind of mistakes yeah. that could cost you. I mean, if, 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 if it would have been, let's say, a 49-yard field goal that became a 54-yard field goal, sure. we might be having a different conversation. Um, because and you would come out and say, well, Oregon still won by eight. Well, Tech's not throwing football if they're ahead there. They're running the ball and they're probably running the clock out to win. So, um, small. I guess we should probably uh, give a little bit of uh, credit to, to Cam for making all the field goals today. That was a pretty darn good performance from him in this. Well, and the touchbacks. Yep. The, the last one almost went yeah. into the after the field goal. He almost put it in the stands. And then just to continue the turn up the the, the defensive penalty stuff. We we'll talk about that. I mean. Six for 80. Two pass interferences that extended a drive. Not good. That uh, allowed Tech to cut it to two. Another pass interference late in the game that kind of pushed that drive ahead that yeah. they ended up scoring. Um, a personal foul call on Brandon Dorless, which I'm still a little bit that was, credulous of. You're talking about the, the late hit? Yeah, and yeah. Chuck still threw the ball and wasn't out of bounds. It's kind of a weird one. But still, regardless, the, the, there it's was still a, 15 yards. It's still 15 yards. That Oregon, yeah, they had six – Defensive penalties, five of them were of the 15-yard variety. That's not good. And, no. and, and clearly Dan knows that. They're very much aware of that. But I just thought we should hit those points because, you know, what are some of the areas that this team needs to be better next week? Well, but we should also acknowledge there's a lot. But, yeah. but you know, offensively, you've got to play cleaner pre-snap. And defensively, you've got to play a little bit more disciplined Um because you can't be giving away these kind of yards. I mean, there were there were several drives here where, where Tech was able to score 
in part because of mistakes by this Oregon defense. Yeah. Well, third downs too. I mean, it wasn't just penalties. I mean, how many times did they give up a long third down on, and how many times did they get a, a first down off penalties? I, I feel like a lot of the issues from last season popped up in this game. Now the resolve is going to be, can they fix it quickly enough? So it doesn't become a trend like it was mm-hmm. last year because Dan talks about the cadence thing offensively. Yeah. yeah. Teams are going to attack a lot of what Texas Tech did tonight right. against Oregon's defense the rest of the way because they showed a blueprint. Now it's on Oregon staff and players to pivot and figure out how to how to stop it from happening consistently. Yeah, the, the third down, I was just going through the stats. Yeah. They were Texas Tech was 4-4 four four on third and shorts, meaning one to four yards, and then two to four on third and longs. Um, it felt I think, like more. <laughs> well, because yeah. I think two of those pass interference penalties were on third down. Yeah. And they were they kept the drive going. I know one specifically, the Kyrie Jackson, where he just laid a guy out in the middle of the field. That was a third and 18. I think that yeah. was Texas Tech's first drive of the game. He tried not to give up a touchdown. Dan called it the guys just panicked. Yeah. In secondary. And you know, these were the these were the questions that we had going into the game. Just how would they look in terms of this atmosphere going against tech and 60,000 fans running down on you and just the, the pressure at its highest moment. And and for a while, I felt like they faltered. But um, the third down adjustment needs to happen. I don't know what it is because it's now, what is this, 14 straight games yep. where it's been a bit of a concern, other, I guess, other than Portland State. But it was great then. It was great <laughs> then, as it should be. Um, but, I mean, yeah, uh, Texas Tech was four of six on third down passing for 64 yards. Uh, it's a 58% conversion rate. I mean, Texas Tech wasn't much better. They allowed 56% to Oregon. Yep. Um, but we know that Oregon's offense should be good. Yes. Texas Tech's offense is good, and they performed well tonight. But there were a couple third downs where it's, again, it's like the third down and 18. It's third down and long opportunities to get you off. you got to get off. And give your team a chance to score. And – it feels like a lot of the not conversions did come later in the game by mm-hmm. Oregon's defense. Yep. But they played better towards the end. They did. But what if they had played yeah. good earlier? Yeah. That would have been – and it's what Dan said earlier. It's what he said at halftime. I know James mentioned uh, – James Crepe, the Oregonian, is like Dan on the post here, the halftime show, said, like, if we eliminate our penalties, like, we can go and win this game by a lot. And uh, I, I know that he's right. If Oregon didn't – shoot themselves with the foot over and over and over again during that first half. Um, I think it would have been like an easy spread cover. Yeah, Oregon in the fourth quarter, Oregon's defense got off the field twice on third down. And then the other time that they didn't get down, uh, didn't get off the field on third down is because Tech went for it on fourth and right. Oregon got the stop. So um, they basically went one for uh, one for four on, on situations to get off the field, which and they, yeah, they stopped them. Which is what you want to see, like you said, Eric. They, they made the moves defensively. Do we want to talk about that decision by DeRuiter? Or not DeRuiter, but oh, McGuire. McGuire. I mean, we should at least acknowledge it happened. That was a big turning point in the game. That allowed Oregon to take some control back where they went for it fourth and two from their own, I think, 33, 33, 34, something like that. Like that. And Taki met Chuck in the, in the hole for, for the stop short. And, Taki and Doralis. Yes. You know, I, I was just, it kind of transitions to what I was going to get to, which is that Oregon actually defended the quarterback run much better in the fourth quarter and the third quarter than it did in the first half. I mean, that's probably obvious. Chuck's first run was at 58 yards down the field. Yeah. Um, Chuck ran for 101 yards. Oregon still has an issue against quarterback design runs. That's two weeks in a row where it's been a problem. Yeah. But in the second half, he did score one rushing touchdown. Um, but in terms of just quarterback runs, 
he only gained 14 yards in the second half, or sorry, 16 yards in the second half on the ground. So that's an improvement, right? Like I thought Oregon figured some things out. What's that? I just did some math. Like okay. if you take out the 58 yard run, he's it's like 22 for 43. Just 22 attempts, 43 which yards. It was nothing. Which is not great, Bob. No. Um, but still, you can't. You can't take it out of way. It was, it, in the first half, they had a much more difficult time than in the second with, they did. with that stuff. And but and Tech rarely ran the ball. I mean, yeah, running did, running backs ran it eight times the whole game. Eight times total, and yeah, shot the twenty three attempts on the ground, twenty four completions on forty attempts through the air. Like they were going to live and die by him tonight. Yep. And I think that went into their fourth down call. And if you're McGuire, like this is this is no different to me than Dan Lanning last year against BYU. Where they had opportunities within their 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 own side of the field on mm. fourth down and one, a fourth right. down and two, yep. putting fourteen J out there and saying, "Let's go get this fourth down." And when it works, it's tremendous. When it doesn't, see Washington last year, twenty twenty two, it's really bad. Oh, we tonight saw, we saw that time tonight too. That Oregon's jumbo, yeah, working for it too. We did, and this was a, a moment for McGuire where I, I mean, I agree with the play call. I mean. If he, if they, okay. they could, going for it, you mean? If they, yeah, if they, if they get that, they win the game. It's a little down in my mind, but they didn't, and that's the risk reward that you run. You know, if, if they make it, everybody calls them like a hero. Like yeah. check out the balls on this guy to do this. It's, right? it's what we were saying about Dan Landing last year, right? All, when they were going for it on fourteen J like crazy, yeah, yeah. It, it, against BYU, mm-hmm. like in their what thirty yard line or something like that. Yeah. They did that. Like the the onside kick against yeah. UCLA, like those are moments you have to maybe go for. And if you do, you look great. If you don't, that's it's a tough one. The play happened with about 13 minutes left in regulation. And to your point, if Tech goes down and scores, um, probably take two go, or three the, minutes the, off. It's a two score game with about nine minutes to go. That's tough on Oregon. That would be hard to, yeah. I mean, difficult to overcome for sure. And that's just, that's like assuming that they don't kill down the clock. Kill way more than that too, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting looking at the drive chart here because Tech's final six drives, three interceptions, turnover rundowns, a touchdown and a field goal. That's a lot more it's good defense. That's a bargain boat up. More app- yeah. yeah, it's a lot more appetizing than how the game started, which was touchdown, punt, touchdown. Um, do we want to get into some positives or more negatives for it to hit? I mean, well, they won the game. We probably should. We should probably talk. Well, we some talk, positives. We've, opened, we've <laughs> opened with some positives. There's I thought it was important to go so over. There's so much to happen, but I, I did think it was important to at least touch on some of the issues. Yes, I think 100%. fans who are watching this, I mean, check out our message board. Check out social media. I had a poll. I have not done that. Yeah, it's it's a it's a uh, trip. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I asked the fan base when when Morgan got the ball back with 509. Um, with an opportunity to, to take control of, you know, what the confidence level was. And it was not very high. There were some fans that were very high that were, that were true believers. And then there were some fans that were at 0% belief system. So um, this was, a, this was, a, this was a roller coaster. This, was, this is yeah. what makes college football fun. I think, I don't know if everybody yeah. agrees, no, but like this absolutely. was a really fucking fun game. Sorry. I used, oh, I used to swear. Now I got to mark oh, the, the podcast. No, it's funny. I got a text from a friend saying we should cuss more on the podcast. So that was just the manufacturing. Oh, See, Steve, I did it. There's the cuss word you wanted. Oh, I delivered it. Um, no, and Eric's right. I mean, this was like an, an emotional roller coaster. Um, we, we were down on the field. Well, Matt and I were down on the field during, before the Jeffrey Boss interception. And 
it was it was pandemonium. Yeah. It was it was again it was really similar to Washington State. We were both yes. we were all down in the field, and that's when Mace Funa picked off the little screen pass, and it's different a different play for Boston, but same exact result. Um, I think there are a lot of positives to to go off of this game. I think the the one that sticks out to me the most is just the mental toughness and yes. the fortitude of this team. Um, again, like I kind of let off the podcast with like this Texas Tech team did not want to start 0-2. Obviously, no team wants to start 0-2, but they have an opportunity to jump right back into the, the grand scheme of things of college football with a win over a top 15 team in the country in Oregon. Um, they get out to a great start. They have the home crowd behind them. They, un, they, they unveil. This is their first home game of the year. They have the whole LED lights and everything like that. Like Those, were, the, those were cool, by the those way. Those were very cool. When it was dark. When yes. it was dark. Because <laughs> they broke it out during that, the daytime. It was very silly. <laughs> but all the odds were, at one point, were, were definitely stacked against Oregon. Yes. And they were able to pull through, pull together, start playing well on defense, start moving the ball a little bit better on offense. I think that's something that maybe we'll get into on Monday, just like their, their play calling. And yeah. It was a little a little different than what we saw against Portland State. But there were there were, there was a lot of opportunities for this team to roll over, and they never did. So I think I was most impressed with that. Um, and, I, and I guess just the – the talent the team has, uh, and they, Eric, you, you went through like the newcomers. Like, yeah, they played a lot of guys tonight. Eight true freshmen. I didn't expect them to. I, I mean, Tatum Tuioti, by the way, made his debut. A lot of guys did. Evan he Williams played a lot. And Tatum Tuioti, I'd like to see a snap count. He played twenty. I think he twenty played plus more snaps. Than Jordan Birch. Yeah. Yeah. Birch was very quiet. Yeah. One thing, and you just made me think of me talking about the play calling. We'll get into it more on Monday. One thing that was kind of that stood out here, and, and I'm obviously this has a lot to do with what Tech's doing defensively, but. Both completed 32 passes. 15 went to running backs. Yeah, it was a lot a of lot um, of checkdowns. It was a lot of checkdowns, which at times certainly worked. At other times, it seemed like it was coming. Like even mm-hmm. I could tell, and I'm I'm no football savant or anything like that. Um, but they still connected on some deep shots. Uh, I mean, the, the Troy Franklin touchdown. Um, like I, I still I still feel like this offense is capable of exploiting a team on defense. Yeah. I just think Tech played genuinely like out of their mind. I, I think or, Oregon's game plan, just off the cuff, feels very much like let's look to see if we can take a deep shot, and if it's not there, dump it up right off to one of the running backs. Mm-hmm. Like how many times did Bo like glance downfield? Is Troy open? Is Tez open? Nope. All right, boom! Immediately sidearm throw to, to Bucky or Jordan James, who's or Noah. Yeah, Noah, Noah had yeah. actually had more receptions than well, he and Bucky had yeah seven and six. Who were uh, you know? One yard downfield on you know thirty yards the other direction mm-hmm. on the sideline. I wish you would have seen Casey Kelly that one time for the touchdown. Oh, wide open. Yeah. Mo had a couple, that was a tough sequence there because yeah. that I mean it looked like an interception in the corner of the end zone. People on on social media have told me that I was crazy for saying it was because he didn't maintain possession through the end of the catch, which it was hard to see up here. And the, we didn't get a great yeah. view on the replay, but. Um, yeah, Bo was kind of uncharacteristic on a couple of plays, but so you look up the stats are still ridiculous. 32 yeah. to 44, 73% completion. I'm so close on all my predictions, by the way. That's another one Did that was you say close. 75. I said 75, and he was 73. Oh, you made it too hard for yourself. I do. Yeah. Well, that was because I wanted to talk about the stat where he done it. Anyway, we know. Anyway, at 359 yards, he ran it for 46 yards, and I think he really only started running really in the second half. They had a couple of long scrambles on a drive that resulted yes. in a touchdown that were no, actually, it was a drive that got they got stopped on fourth. Um, but I thought he played a heck of a game for the most part. I thought the offense 
was more up and down that I didn't anticipate it. But yeah. when they when they needed it, they made the plays. And yeah. you have to give them got to tip the cap because not every quarterback, not every offense is able to go in an environment like this, trailing by two points with five minutes to go, and just move it right down the field and set up a field goal by Camden Lewis with a minute ten left, like they did. I mean, I had a lot of credit to those guys. Um, and again, speaks to what we talked about earlier, just that mental toughness, that resolve. Um, and hey, I, I think it's really an impressive win and coming out of here with a win, outscoring them 20 to three in the fourth quarter. Uh, Hawaii next after that, Colorado. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but that game's going to be a lot more interesting than, than I think any of us anticipated. <laughs> this, this thought just propped into my head as I'm watching highlights on the, the Fox broadcast. Um, do you feel like the Portland State game, not that Dan or Oregon has any control because this game was these games were scheduled well in advance, mm-hmm. but do you feel like the Portland State game properly prepared Oregon for this game? I mean, I, certainly uh, not in terms of the quality of competition. I kind of don't think it did. Like, I, the value of that game didn't prove anything. I'm not sure there's a lot of teams that could have prepared them for this moment because you'd have to prepare them for like – and again, like the scenario where it's like an out of conference, on the pretty road. well-known team on the road uh, with one of the hardest environments to play college football. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of teams that would actually get a team prepared, but in terms of the talent level, no, but of course not. What if they didn't inverted the schedule and they played Hawaii before this at home? That, that would have been a little, little bit better, better test. Yeah. Like what, what Washington did yeah. playing Boise State week one. Yeah. Open with the team you, you, you're confident you'll be. Obviously, the schedules are set up, well, years in advance, and Dan had nothing to do with the strategy of how this was put together. Yeah. But in a perfect world, I do think opening with a school like Portland State, and basically it's just a glorified scrimmage that isn't competitive at all, probably doesn't prepare you very well for a game like this. But no excuses. I mean, Oregon didn't play a very good game, didn't play a clean game at all. Got out a lot of those, all that rust off, I guess you could say, and, and gets out of town with the win. And, and hey, that's that's all, all that matters. matters today, right? It doesn't matter if you win by fifty or if you win by one, you won. And Oregon walks out of here with a two and zero record next to their name. Tech is zero and two, and I guess like you said, sets up a home date against Hawaii. There's plenty of things to work on. There's plenty of things we're going to be curious to see play out. Um, in that game, the improvements they get because look, like I didn't think I'd be saying this, but Oregon's got a game that looks like it's going to be tough, like this one was yeah. against Colorado in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, you know, Deion Sanders and Colorado and the squad that they have is pretty darn impressive for the turnaround that they've made from where they were the last four or five years. And if Oregon plays like this against them, they might not win that. They probably won't win that one. And so they've, they've got a week to figure it out before that team comes to town. And, you know, Hawaii is going to put some things on the field that put some stresses on Oregon's defense, and we're going to have to see marked improvements. I, I kind of like the Hawaii game, having watched them play just in terms of the way they play and how it compares to how Colorado plays in mm-hmm. terms of just how much they're going to throw the football. Like Hawaii's just – they're going to shoot, baby. I mean, well, their coach, I think, at one point, I'm not sure if it still is, like the all time leading passing leader in NCAA history, Tommy Chang. Tommy Chang. Tommy uh, Chang, yeah. You know, he's going to want to throw the football. Uh, the quarterback has a live arm. There's a little early scout on, on Hawaii. They don't have a whole lot of talent. But um, I think, do you want to add just like what impressed us most and what concerns us most going into the next week? Because that was kind of where I'm sitting here going, like, there's so much to kind of absorb from this one. But like, what stands out to each of us, I guess, from, from that regard? 
you go ahead, Jared, because I feel like I'm going to say the same thing as you. You said it first on the podcast. <laughs> and I just don't want to steal. I just don't want to steal your. No, you're good. Go for it. I, I, it's I, the I, mental fortitude yeah. of this team. Um, you know, I I asked Bo post game like how much did Washington State and the success that you had coming back factor into it, and he said it was huge that this team had a lot of leadership step up tonight and and pulling off this comeback. And he said there weren't any doubts on the sidelines. There wasn't any negative energy on the sidelines. Guys weren't pointing fingers. It was just collectively as a unit. And that some of that's just coach speak ish type mm-hmm. stuff, but you generally believed it. There's but, truth in coach yeah, speak though. Yeah. You, you generally believed it though with, with Bo. And I, I just think games like this can go a long ways and being a turning point for a season. And I go back to Dan's comment about how like they can learn a lot in a win and they can learn that they need to improve a lot in a win. And that's what happened at Washington state and Pullman last year. And that's what's now at the table for this version of the Oregon football team leaving Lubbock is they got to win. They, they showed their mental toughness and it gave them a blueprint to what they need to get better at and quickly. Oh man. There were a lot of things that were, both impressive and concerning. Let's do impressive um, first. Maybe. Let's do impressive first. Um, you know, I was impressed that Bonix, like even though I thought that his, his day might have been subpar um, compared to what we have seen from him, like at his heights, he was still pretty damn good. And this offense still, again, despite some of the some of the issues that they did have during the during the game, like turned it on. Like when they needed to go get a touchdown, it was methodical. It might have been slower than, than some people would have liked, especially with the running clock now in college football. But um, they got down the field. They converted on fourth downs. They did their job, and they scored. Um, so I was really impressed overall with, with the offense. Like I, I, I mean, There are some things that I want to get to talk to probably on Monday because it's uh, you know like 11.34 here. Um, so yeah. I don't want to belabor the point. But – for, for them to, to come around after not scoring in the second quarter and come back with a vengeance in the fourth, I thought that was really encouraging. Um, concerning, I'll go something a little off the map, uh, the offensive line. That was where I was going to go. Yeah. I uh, It wasn't great. No. Um, I, I really did expect Oregon's offensive line to perform well against Texas Tech in their three three five front. Um, Texas Tech did a great job of setting edges on their side and, and not allowing Oregon to get on the perimeter. Um, shooting up at the A and the B and the C gaps and just making life hell for the backfield of Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington. Yeah. Um, so I was impressed with Texas Tech's defensive front, but Oregon just really didn't feel like they got a push. I mean, they had some good plays. They're like the, the pitch out to Noah Whittington on the, on the left hash. Like a lot of times, like they're pulling guards or, or maybe a tackle. Like I, I thought they did well there, but. They didn't. They didn't get a great push all game long. Nope. I think what they have 100, 113 uh, yards oh, on the ground. And if you take out Bo's part, it's yeah. twenty two carries for sixty seven yards. No running back had a run over nine yards. It's very unlike what we have seen from Oregon the last year, yeah. last couple of years. I mean, honestly, under Mario yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and again, they're replacing four four starters, and maybe this is again like the first real opportunity that they've had to showcase if they are good or not. Um, and I, don't, I, I still, I still have confidence in them and what they can be. But this wasn't a, wasn't a great display. No, and that's an area that I'm going to be really following next week against Hawaii, but especially against Colorado. They've got to be able to establish the run yeah. better. They really, I mean, aside from Irving on, I think their first or second first, first couple, first couple series, series yeah. that looked pretty good. It really was, it was tough sledding, and 
the running backs in this game were, as I said earlier, far more uh, valuable in the past game. I mean, they had, what, 15 catches for 124 yards through the air and 22 rushes, like I said, for 62, 67 on the ground. So mm-hmm. that part needs to get rectified. Um, most impressive for me, uh, <laughs> fans want the defensive coordinator to be fired because they think the defense stinks. But I actually think the way the defense played at the very end of this game was, to me, really encouraging. Um, they made adjustments. That's what good coaching does. It, when, when things don't work, they adjust and they find a way to make it work. And that's what happened it, in the football game. You'd much rather come here and say that the, team, the defense played better in the fourth quarter than the first. And that was 100% the case. There's no question about it. And and look, I mean, a ton of things to work on. But I think for the most part in that fourth quarter, you feel really good about what you saw out there. I don't think there's any question. I think that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the Odds and Audibles podcast. Thank you for listening to the show. We'll be back on Monday with a mailbag. We'll speak with Dan Laning Monday night. And then Tuesday, we'll do a recap of his film review, our film review, and uh, what we learned from speaking with a couple of Oregon's players going into uh, that week's game against Hawaii. But until then, you've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Peace. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You're ready, Bob. Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.